Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome back to Roller Roos Podcast. Ben Haynes, you're surprisingly not sick to death of my droning voice. <laughs> I can't get enough of it. I'm amazed you've let me on to this. It's like, it's kind of like... Give uh, over. Yeah, Give no, over, mate. You're Mr. Tottenham real, nowadays. No, but Come I, on. Like, for real, because like, I'm, I'm, I'm now kind of like the next door neighbour peering over the fence. And you invite, <laughs> you've invited me round for a barbecue. It's oh, lovely. God. The, ob- the obligatory, <laughs> oh, better, better let him in for a chicken wing. You know what I mean? <laughs> and now I'm sort of like poking around in your utility room. Yeah. Like, oh, it's nice storage. Or, or just going through the fridge. You know, you come in, oh, hello, mate. Well, what are you up to? What you are know? you doing? Gate was open, so I thought, <laughs> <laughs> nice place. Uh, oh, dear. Um, how, how, how are you doing, mate? Like, you know, because I'm, you know, we, we do a film podcast. For anybody that doesn't know, I'm going to get a cheap plug in there right now. Bring yeah. your own blockbuster podcast. If you like films, come listen to me and Ben talk about them. I think you called it, before we started recording, you called it um, Biwob, which I really like. Yeah. But then I was yeah. like, but then it, when I, as soon as I said it, I'm like, it's not quite, because it's like more like Biob, isn't it? No, I like Biwob. I'm you going like with bi-wob. it. So go done. And okay. it will stick All right. forever. All right then. All right then, Biwob. Um, so we won't go too far down the rabbit hole, but I do want to say, because I've seen a lot of memes this week that have amused me about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer being Oppenheimer looking at, Erling Haaland and what he's done to the Premier League. Um, I have to say to you that I I have watched Oppenheimer again this week, mate, and it. it was it was it was quite amusing going down into this rabbit hole of like of like misery, looking at that, seeing Harry Kane leave Tottenham, and then just going bang into the weekend, a whole new world, afresh into Tottenham against Brentford. It was it was like weirdly liberating. It was weirdly liberating to feel that like okay, we don't have Harry Kane, we don't have to worry about impressing him anymore. We're potentially, you know, for this season at least, out of any of these conversations of can Tottenham make a charge for the title, all this type of thing. We're completely liberated from all of that. And even if in a sporting sense we're not liberated from all that, we've always got the lingering threat of complete and utter nuclear annihilation hanging over us. So... Yeah, not everything's going to be that bad in comparison to that. We just need to enjoy (laughs) it, right? Don't we? Exactly. There there could be worse things like everyone dying. (laughs) What's the... uh, What's, you know, mate... What's what's the mood like about the place? Because I feel like I can ask you that. You know, you're you're sure. you're you're in bed there now. Is 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 that a feeling around Tottenham? It is. It's very much a new dawn, a new day. Everyone's feeling good, kind of thing. So the last time that I was at the stadium on match day, so I was there yesterday for the 
for the um, Brentford game because Clive and I were doing a kind of review show. So we're doing a review show now. Every, Love it, Clive every, and I. Just uh, Clive. yeah, just Clive. Uh, Clive. I he went here. I had a moment <laughs> yesterday where um, he said, uh, "Ben, I'm nipping to nipping to the media calf. Do you want anything? I'll grab you a coffee." And I was like, "Thanks, Clive." <laughs> Uh, yep, just Clive Allen getting me a coffee. Nice. And, and, yeah. then, he's, and then he was like, do you want some chips? I might get some chips. And I, I genuinely felt like it was kind of like your uncle had taken you out for the day and you're allowed to get some bad food. And I sort of like, I politely declined. But I am, I am, like, I'm in love with Clive Allen. I can't tell you how, I know, I know <clears throat> over the course of time when people sort of start to do the, the media rounds, it's natural for everyone in in that uh, team sort of headspace and Twitter sphere to instantly be like, what are you going to say about my team? You know, but mm. Clive is so totally Spurs. Like y if you see him on anything, he, I watch, it's so funny. I watched back some highlights today and he was doing, this is uh, Sean Walsh is doing a new series. You know, Sean, who you had on your, your preview pod. He's doing a new, he, he's, um, he's doing a new series where he watch, watches back old games and kind of picks apart what's going on at the time. And so he's doing the semi-final where Spurs lost to Man United that you and I went to together and just cried at the end of it because we were like, that was our chance. Um, but uh, I watched it back and Clive Allen was on comms and he literally can't contain his excitement when Spurs score. Like he can't <laughs> actually help it. He's just celebrating the whole thing. And he's just so good. He's so lovely. He, yeah, he's, he's the best mate. And um, so so we were there on, we were there on, on yesterday, but then also for the Shakhtar game. And I have to say, the vibes on the Shakhtar game were really, really good. Like really lovely energy, really kind of, um, I, th I think anyone that was there would have felt that, right? And the same with the Barca game. I feel like the Barcelona game was just class. I, I loved it. I'm like, I didn't care that we lost. I was just so excited to see the team take the game to a European giant like Barcelona and be like, come on then, let's have it. But it's, it's interesting because, you know, working, say, you know, you have the peak behind the curtain. Do you? Did you have any indication at all that that Harry Kane was going to be leaving? Because you know, Postecoglou spoken this week saying that he pretty much knew from day one that he was going. Is is that something that's shared with you, or are you still kept kind of out of the loop on those sort of things? Well, you, like, I, I'm from a club point of view, I'm very much out of the loop. But like you, and I'm sure like every other Spurs podcast going, you kind of hear bits and pieces, don't you? You hear whispers yeah. and you think... The, the, the thing that I would say is that even though Ange sort of said that it was, from his point of view, his mind was made up, I was still expecting... I mean, that last 72 hours was so back and forth, wasn't it? Well wins. Like, it was, it was bizarre. Like, I couldn't actually... I thought Ange handled that press conference unbelievably well when he said every supporter has the right and the, the capacity to go away and process this however they want to process it. I think he even used the word mourning. You know, he even mm. said, like, t like fans will be in mourning. And, I, and, and he's not going to tell them how to feel. And I really, really appreciate that. Because that window of time from... Because we played Barcelona on the Tuesday, was it? Did we play on the Tuesday? Yes, yeah, we did. So then, in my mind, the way that I saw it was I'd, I'd seen, and I think... There's, it'd be fairly widely reported if Harry Kane plays against Brentford, the chances are he's staying, right? So if he if he sticks around for the first game, he's not going to want to leave the club in a position where where they're scrabbling around, having started the season with him. Um, and and so 
<clears throat> all the reporting was leading to basically there was like this this window between Wednesday and and Saturday really for something to happen. And so I just went through that. Absolutely, I'm I'm not saying anything that any Spurs fan will find groundbreaking here, but I think we all just kind of went through this horrible up and down of like what are we feeling? Will he? Won't he? Okay, he's staying. Okay, he's going. He's staying. He's going. And 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 in the end, the overriding feeling that I had was just. I was just exhausted. What, mm. what about you? Well, because this is the funny thing, <clears throat> just to kind of put it into full context of where I was at as a, as a, I guess, a peek into it. One of my old mates, like one of my old, old schoolmates is an Arsenal fan and we talk on WhatsApp every now and again kind of thing. You, you know what kind of the older relationships are like. You're on good yeah. terms, you're good mates, but you don't talk every single day kind of thing. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and he sort of, he sent me, a message on like the Friday being like, way Harry's off, Alf Wiedersen, you know, that kind of thing. Have, have fun with that one, mate. And I was like, oh God, don't. I'm so miserable about it. Yeah. And he was just like, to be honest, mate, I can't see it happening. I think whatever, it'll fall to pieces. And then I sent him a message the next day after Harry had just made his debut for Bayern Munich, just being like, how weird is it since you sent this on a Friday? That Harry Kane has now already played for Bayern Munich, and he's like, "I know, it's it's really really yeah, bizarre." That was a lot. That was a lot, and I, and I, and I have to be honest, like, the, I, I am not one of these people. I'm not one of these people that goes like, "Right, he's gone, he's dead to me." Like, I no, I no, took no. so much joy in watching Gareth Bale play for Real Madrid. Like, I yep. actually was really willing. Well, same with Modric. I didn't. I hated seeing Berbatov and Carrick succeeding at Man United because I think it was too close to home. Yeah. Like as in like you're watching them tear it up in the Premier League. But when when Harry was playing for Bayern Munich, I actually I had to sort of I had to almost go into that mode of like, well he's gone now. He's gone. He's finished. Because I think it's just I think it's just a bit too too much otherwise, you know, like seeing your your, your club record goal scorer suddenly within the space of a week having played for you and scored four goals against Shakhtar and then the next week he's playing in the uh the what is it the FL Parkhouse Super, Super Cup yeah um uh, like and yeah and then also like I just I just didn't want to see any of the chat around like well he's turned up and he's lost a trophy on the first day and even even seeing people doing the thing like he'll have won more trophies in one day with Bayern Munich I was just like just I, I can't have any of this it's and I would boring, much it? it's, so it's so dull but it's so predictably it dull is. though as well that's the, that's the thing it's not even the oh you're just triggered Spurs fans you just salty it's like no we've had years of this stuff I get it sometimes yes it is triggering and it irritates me this it's just so boring now and it is going to be a blow by blow all the aggregators doing this. Ha, 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 Harry Kane missed an open goal today. Can't take the Spurs out of him. Ha, 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 ha. Harry Kane scored ten penalties this year. Looks like he's a pen merchant. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind it's, of like, it's lose lose for us as well. God. It's lose lose because then if he does go and if he's top scorer in the in the Bundesliga, everyone would be like, well, mm. had to get out of Spurs to get to go and get it done. It's just the whole thing is is just absolute nonsense. I mean, someone even uh, tweeted the other day I can't remember who it was so forgive me for Pistina but someone tweeted a list of publications that would jump on the banter hype and say exactly the same thing and he literally ticked them off one by one as they all predictably tweeted all the same thing and so for me I was just like I'm actually excited about this season like I'm excited to watch us play front foot attacking football and I don't want to like it's just easier for my headspace if I just go that's that's gone now 
Like it's, it, I just, I, I'm not going to do that thing of every time we miss a chance, go, Harry might have scored that. You know, like he was our greatest ever goal scorer, undeniably. I, I did cool. that a little bit in the Brentford game. <laughs> I'm yeah. not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Like, <laughs> because you do. <laughs> because you do, naturally, right? You've watched, we've been blessed to watch this yeah. guy in, in front of goal, but not only in front of goal, but his, his play in the midfield as well when he would drop deep. I, against Shakhtar, there was a moment, t- take aside the four goals, there was a moment where in the middle of the park, he trapped a ball with four players around him, pretty much threw them all around and then and then held the ball up nicely and started a fresh attack. And I sort of almost found myself scratching my head being like, how has he done this? You know, what, what amazing... Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's that, isn't it? It's just, it's, it's the consistency that I'd, I've never seen in my lifetime at Tottenham. And that, to be honest, I don't think anybody's seen that in their lifetime at Tottenham no. since... Somebody like Clive or somebody like, you know, Jimmy Greaves before him, yeah. where you just know they're on the pitch and they're going to score. Look, Gareth Bale was a magnificent footballer for Tottenham. But I was luckily enough to be of an age where I remember his career very well. He was streaky as fuck. <laughs> and like, he didn't show up every single week. So no, and, and he was also the thing that people sort of like casually kind of overlook when we talk about Gareth Bale. He was playing in like, but by all accounts, and we wouldn't have realised it at the time. But he was playing in one of the greatest Spurs sides yeah, of all time. Yeah, like the, the, player for player, that that team was it was scary good. But the thing, I, 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 I'm I, still on the side of the fence. I think it's the best one. I think it's player for player. I still think it was a stronger team than Pochettino's Tottenham. Definitely the most fun. Definitely the most fun. So just lots of vibes in there, wasn't there? Which yeah. was nice. And also, I was in love with Rafa van der Vaart in that that <laughs> Champions League. But the the thing the thing with us kind of doing that thing, it is there is going to be a bit of scar tissue for Spurs fans. Well, we are going to do that thing of being like, oh, if that chance forms Harry, because we've been so used to it. Like we've been so used to him being on the end of absolutely everything. But the thing is, is that we're we're changing now, and we're changing a style of play. And someone like Richarlison, who led the line yesterday, he's not going to get as many touches. And he's he's going to be asked not to come in deep into midfield and steal the space from other players like James Madison, who I thought was unbelievable yesterday. Yeah. It was so good. I mean, we, we can come... Sorry, I'm, I'm skipping miles ahead. But you just... I think what you got yesterday was a flavour of the fact that this is going to be a team game. This is going to have to be everyone in together. Of course. And like one, one of the things I wanted to say is that you know, wrapped up in this this sense that, okay, we don't have the same inevitability of Harry Kane being there on the end of something, scoring the goals for us. We've still got that element of surprise as to where are the goals going to come from? And as long as they, you know, keep coming, fine, that's all good. And that's great. But, you know, we, do, we don't have to always look at this as a negative. The, the positive slant on this is not just with the goal scoring, you know, conundrum with Harry Kane gone, but just as Tottenham in general now under a new manager, lots of new faces in the team now. I mean, again, like I was saying, like one of my other old mates was saying, I literally, he's a Chelsea fan, he's saying, I literally have no idea who half of your players are anymore. Who the, who the hell are all of these guys? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And, I, and the thing is, right, it's actually quite nice to be in this place now where I, agree. Where, I, agree. Where I don't know what Tottenham are going to be. Like, to me, if, if, you know, if I was forced into, a, you know, being asked... If, for an opinion, sixth place to me is a marker of fantastic success for Tottenham this year. Like that's that's like to me that's that's really really good. That's a really good sort of par for us to get sixth place. And 
but I'm not really like I'm not kind of thinking oh maybe you know maybe if it goes our way we get a couple more signings maybe we'll be fourth maybe we'll actually disrupt things I'm just I'm not thinking that way anymore and the, the reason why this is quite liberating it's it's funny because we were speaking to producer Purdy our producer from Bring Your Own Blockbuster podcast before this he's a Liverpool fan and he is quite clearly in that copium death spiral point seeing kind of Klopp seeing Liverpool being a bit static seeing Salah not being quite as sharp as he used to be in this kind of no 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 we just need two three more signings maybe and then we'll win the title again this no 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 you, you have to listen to me no 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 honestly honestly we and from the outside I'm like mate I'm sorry to tell you mate but I think you're a bit done like Newcastle are miles ahead of you Arsenal are miles ahead of you City are miles ahead of you probably United are even ahead of you now you're a good team still you're a good team and but they can't even say back to you well what about you because you're like yeah no it's fine we're, we're not in this conversation yeah, anymore yeah, yeah. and you know I, and I think he seemed to find it a bit more triggering this time because usually he would just get back like the whole kind of oh Kane missed a penalty or this or that it's almost like there's nothing to attack us with anymore yeah and, and I don't know if you got this but like what's what's really nice is that we've been that guy yeah yeah yeah. i was literally sitting there like been there my man <laughs> two or three more players and we'll do it and it's mm. and actually what what we saw yesterday was a re-emergence of a or no not a re-emergence an emergence of a new identity and and i sort of had this feeling when when we saw the the subs board coming up and you were like oh i'm not actually sure what we're gonna do now yeah. you know we might do something totally different we might kind of mix it up and it's our captain is is coming off you know sonny's g- coming off to make space for someone else and uh, that is frightening on one hand and i think there will be an element of the fan base and we shouldn't kind of write this off there'll be an element of the fan base that feel a, a discomfort with the fact that they don't recognize the team that they're watching because they have been so used to watching Harry Kane lead the line, Hugo Lloris in goal. And for a long, long time, we've had players like Eric Dyer, for example, in the starting lineup. Pierre Emil Hoybier played like an obscene amount of games. It is a very new look Tottenham. But I think my take on it is I'm excited to just watch where this goes and I'm going to excited to learn who I'm going to kind of like fall in love with this time around and who's going to break my heart this time around and who what the new identity is going to be. Of course, because I do, I do um, feel that I definitely because I, I was going into this game, like you say, with this strangely. Do, do you know what it is? It's, it's almost like this weird, uncomfortable feeling that you're like cheating on somebody or something. Yeah. It's it's oh like this God, feeling yeah. of like, well, I want to get behind these lads, but n- none of them are like, not well, not none of them, but a lot of them are not Tottenham yet, if yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. And this is a completely. It's a new team now. And this this is one of the things I was saying to to Connor, who I had on the, the pod the other day after Kane did go, is that the funny thing is now, when you see like the Champions League final team, Sonny being the only one left, you suddenly are like, it's done now. It is actually, it's done. And The painful rebuild has happened. Sonny is, you know, stewarding us into this new era. And I don't think you could ask for anybody better to be doing that, to be honest with you. Um, as much as I've, and I've, I've said this, it's on record, the receipts are there. I've said this on the podcast plenty of times. Much as I loved Harry, I always was not overly convinced of the idea of him being captain. 
how people would always talk about him just you know he was definitely going to be captain after Lloris kind of left and I've never I've never Harry's somebody that leads he's always led by example right what he did on the pitch was amazing and I'm not saying anything about his character or anything about him as a person I guess I am to a degree but I don't mean it to sound like like disparaging of him as a as a person but it just it, it never whenever you got those glimpses into it when you watch things like all or nothing or whatever it never really felt like he was actually one of the kind of leaders in the dressing room though or something I, I don't know if, if that so makes get, sense yeah, yeah I, I kind of get what you're saying the only the I, I guess the only thing that I would put back onto that is that I noticed in particular over the last two seasons he started refereeing the game really well. Mm. He suddenly started being the first player around the referee, and I actually think that he, I actually think that he got that from England. I think he, he had. You have to do that a lot more on the international stage, right? Because the stakes are so much higher with knockout games. You you have to be kind of in and around and turning every little micro decision your way that you can because you're not playing at home. You haven't got the crowd to do it for you, etc. But I really noticed in the last couple of years that he'd started to get in the start to get in the ref's face a little bit more, picking up a few more yellow cards for dissent, things like that. Um, but but I very much agree with you <clears throat> that, to me, I feel like we have lacked for a while now um, someone that we can go, right, we're going to build the sort of, the, the future version of what we're doing around them because of the fact that Hugo Lloris is club captain, it means that we're still very much tethered to his his era. And that is not a slight on Hugo at all because one unbelievable servant to the club. Like he's he's been at the club for the vast, vast majority of his career. And in terms of his performances, I think he's given everything that he can possibly give to the club. And he could have left, you know, there was times when he could have left the club. He had offers coming in left, right and centre from what I remember um, when he was at his, his absolute prime. Um, but he stayed with the club. So it's not a, it's not a knock on him, but I, I, I agree with you in the sense that I think that Sonny is the perfect person now to kind of lean on his experience, but also lean on his energy. He's such an upbeat guy. It looked as though Sonny was the one dragging the team over to kind of do the huddle in front of the fans, which I love as well. Um, I just think we're going to find it very, very, very easy to connect with this team and particularly to connect with our with our captain. And the challenge for, for Sonny now is to kind of like puff his chest out and to not just be Sonny who everyone loves, but Sonny, who everyone really, really respects from a leadership point of view. Sometimes, because you could tell from his his speech. Because the funny thing is, you know, he's South Korea's he's the international captain there, right? Absolutely. So right. he's 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 used to this role. But I guess it's going from being, like you say, everyone's mate, and I'm sure he is still. He does seem to be a confidant to a lot of people within the team. A lot of people say they can go to him to speak to him about anything. So being a you know being a kind of leader a captain isn't all just about kind of like shouting at people barking orders and all this type of thing but there does still come with it a, a certain sense of authority right and you, you probably do have to have a certain detachment I guess from what you once were which was everybody's mate to now you're the captain and you could see in his speech he was suddenly like whoa yeah you know, he was like clapping his hands he was quite awkward about. Do you reckon he knew? It. Do you reckon he had any idea? I think he probably would have had a thought in his head like, surely it's me, right? Do you know what I mean? But but I imagine there might have been a couple that might have thought it could it could be me, you know? 
that they might have thought, yeah, this guy, there might be my name that comes up. Because that's actually quite an intimidating thing to do. I think people kind of overlook this. Like, standing in front of a, a crowd of 60,000 people is incredibly intimidating, but you can't really pick anyone out. Standing in front of a group of 30 of your peers who you really care about their opinion and you genuinely care what they think of you. And, and, and let's be honest, 30 ultra-competitive alpha males Alpha males, as exactly, well, right? exactly, who will all be on some level... Even though they'd be delighted for him, they will also be thinking like, one day this could be me. I could be standing mm-hmm. at the front. Like, it, 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 on a, on another day, another time, I'm the one standing giving the speech in in a nice way because they are hyper driven competitive footballers that want to be the very best and want to be at the top. Like that, that's a difficult thing to do to give that speech. And and I just wonder whether it's it's something that over time. Like if, if 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 that was the first that he was hearing of it, I think that's a that's a, it's fair that he might not be ready there with the the PowerPoint and the, the screen coming down with a projector and him to run through his five year plan of what's going to happen next. You know. No, and I but I also don't mind that, and I also think you know Sonny's English is is incredible, but it is also again worth remembering it's not his first language as well. So these kind of you know again to to give them more air but the troll banter kind of accounts and everything all jumping in on the ah, look how awkward it is ha ah, it's oh, kind of like just one. mate honestly like don't like no slight like no no work is bad work i post social content for a living and i'm an awkward bizarre man right <laughs> like <laughs> you lot all run social media accounts for a living don't start talking about like what a millionaire athlete is is like exactly. you know being awkward and all this type of thing you know and I I, I really like I don't I, this is this is sort of like one of those leaves I'm I'm trying to turn over and I'm always trying to sort of remind myself of you know or just try and make myself better or put a better message out there and yes that's still I will still rant and rave on Twitter don't get me wrong but this will all get tied up in like oh you're just trying to be woke is the pejorative term isn't it and you know or a snowflake and all this type of thing but a lot of these accounts like Barstool Football is a big one where I'm just like man you've got like millions of followers and you are tweeting like really shitty stuff here take their responsibility seriously I know this is too much to ask I know it's too much to ask because no business it, it like in a oh god i'm going very deep here but no business in capitalist society is going to go actually you know what let me not just take the numbers let me not just take the money like no business is going to sit there and go yeah okay maybe i'll just be nice and be more thoughtful but genuinely i hate i've hated some of that stuff over Mm. the last couple of months the way in which some people have been been posturing around like mental health and like the, the the problems of kind of toxic masculinity and then we'll equally just be overjoyed to pile on <laughs> the well, moment did, the moment things flip but did you see i'll tell you one thing i thought was great in the in the in the um in the the chelsea liverpool game i can't remember which player they were talking about but there, there were the, the conversation was coming up about it was about mudrick it was about mudrick and about how he had sort of struggled to adapt and all this type of thing and peter drury like, I'm so glad he's part of, like, the, the Sky Sports team and everything now. I think he's the best in the business. But Peter Drury made a, a particular point of saying, I think in, these, in this day and age now, it is worth us remembering, though, 
Madrid, there's a lot of stuff going on for him probably in his life right now. Not to mention the fact he's a young person that has moved to another country. He's carrying the weight of expectation of a big price tag on his shoulders. We're not here to sit and understand like what that must be like for him. So, you know, and I just thought it was it was so refreshing to hear somebody like in the sports media just speak as candidly and openly about things that are just human, that we all know. Yet for so long, people have just denied that these are factors at play. Yeah, exactly. You know? and, and and I thought it, it, it's so interesting that you said that because that registered with me so vividly in his commentary. It was just a line that he said that I picked up and he said, Madrid, who at times had a tendency to look like a lost boy for very, very understandable reasons. And I was like, oh, what a good... Like, I mean, yeah. Peter Drury's a bit of a poet anyway, but the, the the fact that he kind of just gave that little bit of extra context so that people aren't just like, yeah, he was crap last season. It's like... <laughs> yeah. it's like, and I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm sure Spurs Spurs fans will be... When they Mate, come, as soon when, as we play them, like, yeah, yeah. whoa, where's the money? Whoa, where's the money? Do you know what I mean? Can you imagine what it's going to be like when Spurs play Chelsea this year? Can you uh, imagine? I, I, I don't even want to right now, mate. I don't. I don't want to think about. Well, and and now I'm doing it. Thank, thanks for that, Ben. Thanks for so unlocking pink, pink elephants. Pink elephants. For... Pink elephants. <laughs> <laughs> Pochettino's face on a big sort of fucking flag in the Matthew Harding <laughs> as that. I will. Do you know what I will say though? Is I did enjoy. He had to do an interview, match of the day, I think it was, or it might have been Sky, and they sort of asked him like, and and what did you what did you sort of think of the fans and the like how great the fans were getting behind you today? I did enjoy seeing that there was uh, a kind of like buffering in his mind of like, how do I answer this? Like because clearly for the longest time he kind of had it hardwired into him that like that Chelsea fans are rubbish, Spurs fans were the best, etc. And and now he's kind of he's going to be walking this tightrope for for the whole season or as long as it goes on. Uh, so fuck him, that lemon nonce has made his bed, mate. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> let's talk let's talk about the Brentford game though. We'll start on Sonny because for all the you know the the good vibes off the pitch. He was he was coming in for quite a few pelters for for his performance against Brentford, which I'm, I'm going to stick my neck out, mate, and say I found quite bizarre. I thought I actually thought Sonny was all right. Okay, right. He he didn't he didn't do his kind of cut inside, whip one into the top corner, and he did have that one opportunity that he maybe could have done a bit better with, and I still think that's harsh. But I felt that Sonny was stretching the play I thought that he was creating opportunities for Madison he was creating opportunities for Udoji who was on the overlap he was playing the ball back to Basuma who was doing stuff with it all game long I thought Sonny was busy I thought he worked hard I I thought he had a good game yeah I think far be it from me to tell people how to experience the game but the thing that I took away from that is that Brentford had very much decided that they were going to make the edge of the box unbelievably compact to play with five at the back to play with the 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 wing backs really like as proper fullback wing backs that didn't really venture out and then when they did exploded out and tried to counterattack really quickly they were so disciplined and made it so packed out 
that really the key thing that I thought Sonny and Decky did really well was hug the touchline and you saw it with the second goal, right? You saw it with Emerson Real's goal. What on earth, by the way? I don't. Know, did you have to do a double take when you saw who had struck it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, uh, what uh, are you doing it, there? It's kind of one of those things like, huh? You know? Like, <laughs> Who's hit that? There's no way that's Emerson. But, but he's got that in his locker, doesn't he? He tries them every now and again. And, you know, I will say, especially after these few years of, of Conte, Mourinho and Nuno Espirito Santo, briefly in between, I'm not, I'm not going to like get on a player's back for having a go, no for trying. Yeah, you know, I quite, I quite like players breaking out of any type of rigid mould and just having rigid mold rigid mold and just kind of having having a pop every now and again I'm, I'm i'm totally as far as i'm concerned in this new system i want to see players having shots from absolutely everywhere i want us to keep up this from our own half yeah i think someone did didn't madison have a shot did from the halfway line yeah I, I'm, to, I'm totally happy with the idea in in pre-season Malsey was saying this kind of over and over and over he said that we had had, we were sort of averaging between twenty and thirty shots a game. Like I, I, I'm for me as a Spurs fan, I am a Spurs fan in the old school mould. I want to see us go out and win the game as opposed to wait for the opposition to die of boredom. Like, like let's go out and actually have a crack at teams. And I think if that means Emerson Rail is going to pop up on the edge of the box and one week slash one thirty yards over the bar and the next week hammer one into the corner like that, I'm totally happy with it. And I think what where we got to give Sonny and Decky credit is on that second goal, you really see it. They are so wide that it means that there's space for Madison to make that little run inside. There's, there's space for the middle of the park just to open up and Brentford are playing with five at the back and three in midfield. So it, it, that their discipline in terms of hugging the wings and making the pitch big has left space for someone like Madison to create the, the goal for, for Emerson. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I've got to say, mate, like, despite any kind of... It wasn't really trepidation... I don't really know. It was just, it was a confusing time. We hadn't gotten Pochettino back. There'd been loads of different names linked. We've had this kind of like this, this fear of slipping from relevance, Harry Kane leaving us, all these type of things, all these different factors that made me not immediately jumping for joy when we brought Ange Postacoglu in. But now I'm suddenly like, I mean, he is, he is Tottenham, right? His oh. type of football... His whole ethos, the, the the way he conducts himself, to dare is to do it. It's 
It's it's totally him, right? I mate, can I the thing the one of the biggest things that I took from preseason taking ownership like he did of good and bad like the, 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 him saying when things are good and our style of football is working that's intentional right that's that's because we want to play in that way and we want to create opportunities but he also didn't shy away from taking responsibility when things went wrong from set plays he's like that's what that's on me I haven't got the team drilled on, on set pieces yet. We haven't had a chance. When we concede chances, like, that's going to happen. Like, we are going to get hit on the attack. But it, it, you can even hear it. I mean, you heard it in the Shakhtar game. He's screaming, like, just screaming over and over again, play, play forwards, play, play. Like, I, I, and I think it, the other thing that he said is that the players are going to have to unlearn a lot of this kind of uh, trepidation and fear that they had because it was clearly drilled into them when Mourinho was there, that we, the opposition will make a mistake, we'll score, and we won't concede because we won't make a mistake. And I get that that, that can work in the past. It has worked for Mourinho. I just don't think that's the way that football works in 2023. I just don't believe that you can get one chance, score it, and then be absolutely flawless for the rest of the game, unless you have the spending power of someone like Man City, who can literally go out and buy the best defenders in the world. And that stat that came up the other day when they'd spent more money on defenders than Burnley have spent in transfers in the entire history. Like, it, 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 no one can do that, you know? So I would much rather be this version of Spurs. I'd much rather Angie's Spurs, where we go out and we have a crack. And we, we got caught on the counter-attack three or four times yesterday. I love the chaos. I've been pining for this kind of open, exciting, end-to-end football. I want to. I'm happy to win games four-three and then occasionally lose games three-two. Well, okay. No. On that, then we're talking about us getting caught on the counter-attack. But two of the absolute stalwarts who were just resolute against those those attacks from Brentford were the two debutants in Destiny Adoji and Mickey van der Ven, who... Mate, I'm so excited by them. Mate, how, how good were they? Like, we'll start, on, we'll start on, on Destiny. Like, oh my God. <laughs> like, I, I was saying in the, in the post-match um, thoughts, I was like, I, I always have this fear with like a young player, like, oh, I don't want to overhype him. But with him, you just feel so comfortable saying, yeah, he's mustered. Like, it's not a, it's not a case of, ah, oh, let's wait, let's give him a bit of time, let's not put too much expectation on him. Like, the lad is absolutely quality. He's uh, love unbelievable. It. Love right? it. All of the attributes that you want from that position. He's lightning quick. His stamina is amazing. Like, uh, we, we, we interviewed him after the, the, the Shakhtar game. He came over and had a chat, and, um, and he was... like I can't actually get across I'm going to send this picture to you on WhatsApp now Jack but I can't get across how big he is because he's got such a fresh face and such a young face you you don't really sort of think of him as a big lad he's he's stacked like he's got huge shoulders and he's so tall as well He, he he's actually quite an imposing physical presence and he's got that, like I said, that lightning pace. But what wonderful technique as well. And he, the other thing is, like you said it on the post-match pod, and I totally agree. His reading of the game for a young guy is Amazing. brilliant. It's brilliant. Both offensively and defensively, I thought. See him just making up these making up these sort of massive amounts of ground, but then timing his defensive runs to perfection to intercept passes. And then immediately looks to start attacks again, which is just... Like it's quality. I, I I thought he was brilliant, and to your point as well, 
we are crying out always, as is every fan of any team, you're crying out for a new signing that will come into the side and immediately elevate things. He has come in and immediately he is our best left back straight away. No question. He starts every game at left back. There's, but this is it, isn't it? Like, and it's it's no. Again, I don't mean to like disrespect Sergio Reguilón or or Ryan Sessegnon, but there have been certain caveats over both of them where we have, as a collective, as fans, always been like, well, give them a bit more time, or if we play in this type of system, or if we accommodate them this other way, or if we have some understanding about that, which is totally fair, and I think all of those things do stand. You should do that for any player. You shouldn't just say, because they're not exceptional immediately. We have to like (laughs) completely, you know, write them off. But it's just refreshing to, like you say, just to make a new signing because our signings haven't always kind of hit the ground running over the past few years. And he definitely has. Yeah, well, he's more complete, isn't he? That's the thing. He's just, he's amazing, mate. Like, I think he's already my favourite player really? since Kane's gone. I, I, I just, I think he's un, unbelievable, mate. Like, unbelievable. Like, it's not just, this maybe is me starting to hype him, but it's like, I don't just think he's, like, good. I think he's, like, I think he's, like, visibly world-class, like, immediately. Like, I think he's of just an, an elite quality. How long do you reckon we've got in terms of the, the kind of, like, I don't know, just the season on the whole before we are are seeing the standard cycle kick in of of um the media hyping him massively like talking like suddenly taking note of him and and i imagine there'll be a bit of time at the beginning where people are like nah he's not that good as good as spurs fans are making out then they'll get on board with it and then immediately he'll get like just inflated beyond kind of it will be impossible to to not talk about him I'm not. I'm not trying to be like the bearer of bad news or try and make this like miserable or anything. But if he if he like carries on this way for this, is I could honestly see someone like Man City bidding for him already next summer. No like, way, really. Yeah, I just think he's. But don't I you think th- he's unreal? But don't you think that this is kind of like the the nice bit about the new cycle in the fact course, that yeah. we get to do, if we are on an upward trajectory, we don't have to worry about that stuff so much because I remember when Pochettino was when Pochettino was kind of just breaking through and suddenly we saw the transition of the old guard go out, the new guys come in. We got a good few seasons of of just that team being like, why why am I going to go anywhere? I'm I'm on the trajectory here. Like uh, let's see where this goes, you know. Let's like, hope so. Let's yeah. Hope. I, and I, the thing is I do want to say as well on all of this, it is also worth remembering as we were saying earlier, he is 20 years old. He is, it's his first season in the Premier League. It's his first time living in England. Like, if things, if he does take a turn, which is perfectly conceivable, like he may go through a, a, a spell of five, ten games where he doesn't look quite as good. You just have to remember this right now, what we're seeing of him and knowing that the, the levels he can reach. And I think there's a similar there's a similar thing to be said. And as much as I criticise Kuliseski, and I did do yesterday, and I, I have done in the tail end of last year, I do always maintain we've seen how good Kulisevsky can be. We know that that player's in there. So just have a bit of time and patience with him, right? Yeah, um, and he's showing those flashes still. You know, he, where he, he sort of leads a defender into him and then drives down the line. He, he, two, maybe two or three times yesterday, he just kind of gave us a little glimpse of that again. And I actually think 
players are going to work out in this system how they can get the best out of themselves. So Kulazewski last year, or perhaps a year before when he was at his very best, it felt like when we soaked up pressure, he could just make that run off the shoulder and Harry Kane would find him. I think he's now got to relearn how he can get into that advanced area and what his starting point will be now in this system. He's going to have far less... The thing that he's so good at is is driving with the ball and, and being deceptively quick and deceptively strong and kind of drawing a challenge then ghosting past someone. He's going to have to do that in the space of about 10 yards this season because we're, we're what were we, 65% possession yesterday or something mm. like that. Like He's going to have to do it in the final third with very little wiggle room. And I just think maybe it's a case of under Ange relearning or rewiring how he's going to be as effective as he was a couple of seasons ago. Can I just very plainly put to you, Ben Haynes, Yves Basuma, what the hell was Antonio Conte thinking? <laughs> Mate, there was a tweet that you know know exactly the one that I'm talking about. The Parmesan Pulis. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. What an unbelievable performance. Like, I've, I've watched... I, I, I said this a, a couple of weeks back, but this is going to be one of those seasons where after every single game, you are going to want to watch his highlight reel. Just doing simple things, just doing kind of basic bits of control or basic bits of a kind of sort of interesting and intricate play. But there was a stat that was going around that I think he made something like 25 line-breaking passes or, or line-breaking runs over the course of the game yesterday. That is, we have been desperate for that player, and I have no idea why we didn't see but, but him I, last I, season. I, like, it's, it's not it's not entirely the same, but in many regards, I'm like, we've got Mr. Dembele back again. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, no, mate, it, it's it's so much of that, isn't it? You know that you know the touch that he did on the edge of the box. Where, where he kind of plucked it out of the sky. It was dropping, but then he really deftly just sort of took the sting out of it and took it around a player and then started a counter-attack. And you, you sort of think, like, how have you actually done that? Like, how have you had the, the sort of mental awareness as well as the kind of spatial awareness to know that if you make this tiny little deft touch, you'll not only beat your man, but you'll be driving at the Brentford defence? Like, you cannot put a price on, on that against... I, I realised yesterday, I, I sort of was looking at the table. Adam, I was doing the Football Daily on Five Live and Adam Crafton from The Athletic was on it. And he said, there are more kind of like also ran teams this year than there's ever been in the Prem um, or, or than there was last year. And then you look for the table and you think, actually, even though it's going to be a really, really tough season, there's probably 12 teams in the Prem that are going to play against us and play with a, a low block. I, well, I can't remember if I... If I sent it to you, or if I if I sent it to Phil, maybe both of you. But I just saw the like the fixtures on the opening day of the Premier League, and I was something like, "Looks a bit tin pot, you know? It kind of looks like we can get at quite a few of these." You yeah, know? but equally, there's going to be a lot of people that go, "Right, well, we're playing Spurs, so shut up shop," you know? Like, what, how, how long do you think our window is? Because I think roundly at the moment, people are just like Tottenham side, Harry Kane. They're nothing now. They're, let's, they're let's have a go, sort of thing. Well, yeah. I, I think weirdly, I think the game against Man United is going to suit us better than the game against Brentford. <laughs> Mate, I like hearing that. I like hearing that. I like going into a game against United, thinking like, Do you let's know what? have it. Let's fucking let's have go. these. Lot. Let's have them because think about this. Let me atmosphere. Sixty-two thousand people 
atmosphere is going to be electric. <sighs> Big welcome for Ange. And Man United are going to have no choice but to come out and play. And we're going to have one of the most frenzied and frenetic, ridiculously fast-paced games of football. Just think about what that's going to be for the fans, seeing that. Seeing not us sitting with with three centre-backs and then wing-backs tucked in trying to stop everything. We're, we're going out to try and beat Man United at home. It might be like a 5-4, you know. It's going to be electric. It's going to be unbelievably good. I want it to be just one of those big, like, just a moment. You know, I, I don't know. It's, it, it is what it is. Let's, again, let's not, let's not be too expectant, but it's just nice that we're already back in a place where we can look forward to these type of fixtures. Yeah, not totally. not like it was the tail end of last year where it's like, oh God, it's United next. You know how that one... And that, that quite literally is how it was last year. You know what I mean? It's like, oh great, Man United next. We know how much they love to turn up against us. But this throws back to you because I, I did want to just talk about Ange again I know we have already sort of spoken about him being the perfect man for Tottenham but I really really did want to highlight just just watching this game watching even say the patterns of, I mean the, the the link up between already already between Basuma and Madison we were seeing it in pre-season but seeing the two of them in there imagining Rodrigo Bentancur dropping back into the mix or maybe another signing and even you know Pape Matassar and Oliver Skip who have both done a fantastic job as two young players. But just seeing what Ange Postacoglu, not only for the fans, because fans are going to get excited and, you know, that that is just a natural byproduct of a new era, a new manager in charge. But it, it's not just that, right? He is instilling that confidence into the fan base. He's saying the right things in press conferences and he's obviously saying the right things to the players. And we've been told, we've been told that this is what he does. This is the type of guy he is. And, you know, I, I've said it on here plenty of times. I had that, yeah, but Tottenham's a big step up. Will it work in that way? And already he's making me eat my words because the way we were playing after him just being in charge for a few weeks, couple of months, is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. After the, the amount of time we've had to give previous managers, oh, they need, you know, they need X amount of new signings. Oh, they're going to need months to implement their automations or their patterns of play or their defensive structure. None of that bullshit. It is straight away him going to Brentford away, a team that is going to be, in that ground, is going to be far better teams than us this season. Yes, who, yeah, yeah. Who are going to go away to far better teams than us I see them season. beating a, a Man City there, for example. Oh, 100%. I, I see them see beating it. an Arsenal. I see them beating a Newcastle, you know? Like... Brentford are no two Bob outfit. <laughs> like, yeah. mate, I had a question. This and and I mean this in the least gammon way possible. Do you think that it's been easier for us as fans and easier for the the media, maybe, and even easier for the players, um, because of the language barrier? Like this time around, having a communicator that his mother tongue is English and he's able to kind of like, granted, he's definitely seems like a very, very different style of manager. But straight away, he's able to get that message across with without any kind of lingering doubt. It's it's a huge factor. It's definitely a huge factor. Um, but I think it's also down in no part to his personality as well, right? Definitely, it's It's... Yeah. It is ways, but I mean, you know that that is a bit of a, a a damning indictment, really, of the state of a lot of our media as well. I feel that they, 
yeah, we saw it a lot with Pochettino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How quick yeah. they are to dive on somebody who is speaking English as a second language. He said this, and it's like, yeah, but when you actually... You, you, ha, there were so many times I would notice with Pochettino, happened with Andre Villas-Boas quite a bit as well back in the day, when in black and white print, though, it would be Pochettino said this today. And then you go on to haters and you watch the press conference and you're like, well, no, he's quite clearly stumbling to find the words that he means to use. And you're just willfully misinterpreting that. I'm just, I'm having a flashback now of maybe like a, a journalist sitting there asking Pochettino questions, just being like, can you just say that for you one more time? What was it about a cow and a train? Yeah, <laughs> right. It's, you know, uh, so I think it, it, it is something, but you know, yeah, that that's definitely a that is definitely a, a factor to it, isn't it? And I think, you know, Angie's he is about kind of big speeches. He's about he he's a word he's a bit of a wordsmith, right? We've all seen these go enjoy your lunch, you know, go speeches, speeches, yeah. and all all the rest of it. He's an inspiring guy, you know. He's an orator, and I think it's it's int- I think it was I think it was actually Sid Lowe. I think it was Sid Lowe, um, who's a Spanish correspondent, who was talking about, it was, I think it was around the time when we first signed Pochettino and there was all the, you know, the, the talk about him at Southampton, how he always had his interpreter. And I, I just remember him tweeting once just saying, that the, the funny thing is it's so like despicable about all this is that everyone's jumping on this guy like, like he's an idiot. They're talking about Pochettino like he's stupid. Yeah, when actually, yeah. if you can speak Spanish... You would know that Pochettino is a fantastic orator. Like he, yeah. he is somebody that speaks at length. He has great stories. He's a very articulate, intelligent man. And it's just, it's just our own fucking ignorance that we see him as stupid. You know, because yeah. he's in another country trying to speak a second language. And it's it, it, so. It, it, do you know what I mean? It is one of these things. And it's very little Britain that isn't it it is but you know also we do we live in this world we occupy this space and so you know you can't hide away from the fact that Ange Postacoglu is maybe going to get something of an easier I'm not saying this is a right or wrong thing but he is going to get something of an easier ride because quite frankly people aren't going to be able to misinterpret his words as easy and he won't let them either you can see what he's like straight away he is if, if Spurs you know, I shouldn't say if, let's manifest this, when Spurs are back in the conversation at the top of the table and they do start coming for him and the knives are out a bit, as as happens to any manager when they're at the top, do you know what I mean? When when they want to test these guys under pressure at the very top, I think we are going to see a lot of these like big kind of press conferences from him when he is going to make sure certain journos or whatever clarify their words or clarify their questions to him because you can see he's got that about him where he he just isn't going to take shit from them and he is going to hold them to account and it's 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 really refreshing it's really nice to have somebody like that not just managing our club but in the premier league do you know what yeah, i mean yeah I, I do quite like the fact that when the presses are, are going on he has no qualms usually within within the press conference environment like I'm, I'm, I know lots of people already know this, but the, with the way that it's situated, the kind of manager is sat slightly raised and slightly elevated. 
and it feels very much like someone chucks a question out and you kind of almost don't really know who's asked it because it can be a bit dark in the auditorium sort of thing or or maybe it just kind of there's a lot of faces so you just kind of you react to what the question is and give an answer i really like the fact that if he gets a question that he doesn't particularly fancy or that he doesn't that he's not really sure about. He does this kind of like, so almost rubs his head and then looks directly at the person and, and asks for clarification immediately. He's like, what do you mean by that? Mm. And and you you can, even though the person's not on camera, you get that feeling that you're like, oh my God, if you were in his crosshairs, you would hate it. You would hate that feeling of being like, wow, I've really got to mean this question now. I've really got to sort of, if I'm going to call him out on, on an individual thing or if I'm going to do this whole like it, it was particularly prevalent this week when people asking stuff about Harry Kane. I just thought he was just laser focused with it and being like, no, make it clear to me exactly what you mean by your question. And then I'll answer it. And I love that. I, th I thought that was just quality. And I think you're right. I think over the course, course of the season, as we get more and more kind of narratives starting to build and tough questions that he has to answer, I think it's going to be so helpful having someone that is very good at, at handling that and is able to kind of do the do the mental gymnastics that are required to get through these press conferences with not just the, the club sort of best interest completely intact, but also the momentum that he's building intact as well, which is really, really crucial. I just, on this, I do want to say, because I do think this is quite a natural segue into this. Um, and I promise, like anybody listening, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't Ben acting as a spokesman. I'm dealing Ben the hospital pass here. I'm just asking him again, his position on this type of thing because you know you you work with these people every weekend pretty much because out the back because Postacoglu as we're saying you know he is he is a he's a he's a stern talker um he can come across as rather prickly sometimes and I'm sure you've seen in the past couple of weeks that's also led to people saying that like Marlsey is getting his back up is winding him up and it's I'm going to say, I tweeted about it the other day. It's led to what I think is a very, very ugly kind of section of the support base, like really rounding on Marlsey and going for him. Um, I mean, like I say, I know I am dealing you a hospital pass here, mate, but like, he's he's a good guy, right? Like, Mar why, why uh, are people doing this? Marlsey you know? the best. Mar like, I, I mean, he doesn't, Marlsey does not need me in any way to kind of like fight his corner about anything he does it like he's unbelievably thick-skinned he is like just an incredible guy an incredible journalist someone that's like crazy committed he's been at the club for 23 24 years has seen dozens of players come and go manage like probably i, I imagine that means that he's seen maybe 20 managers come and go nothing phases him he can deal with every situation, regardless of whether it is the lowest of the low points or the highest of the high points, like Ajax. And I would, I would suggest that kind of one people take a little look at our, our first interview that we did with him after the first post-match interview we did with him um, with, with Ange Postecoglou after the Shakhtar game. And to me, anyway, Ange just comes across as someone that wants to win. He wants to win and he wants to win well. And if he doesn't win or there are things that he didn't like, he's just not going to shy away from it. And I think that's brilliant. I, I love that. I, I'm, I, it's one of the things I'm seeing loads on social media already that people love the fact that he takes responsibility, that he's like, I am going to fix this. This is on me. I think we can't look past that. It's massively important. And 
like, if you watch Marzi with any of the uh, any of the players, they love him. They absolutely adore him. Everyone at the club does. He's one of the most popular. Men. In fact, I found it kind of like I have found it quite strange that people haven't sort of picked up on this over the last kind of like ten years. Like Marzi is Marzi's part of the furniture. Like he's literally. I I cannot express to you how good a man he is. He just is the best guy and is properly spurs as well. He lives and breathes it, travels more than any other person that I know in terms of in football. He travels with the team absolutely everywhere, but usually he's doing peek behind the curtain here, but he's not always traveling with the team. Sometimes he's driving everywhere, you know, and he's got such an incredible level of commitment to getting news out there for Spurs fans, but also doing interviews and bring people really great content. I'm just, I'm, I, I will, I will sort of defend Malzi for like, until I haven't got a breath left in me sort of thing. He's just, he's such a lovely man. And, um, I, th- I, I personally have, I've really enjoyed watching Andrew Malzi so far. I think it's going to just be a great watch over the course of the season. And, uh, yeah, I think there's lots more fun stuff to come, but people should just kind of bear that in mind, I guess, when, when they're making comments on, on social. That's that's just it, isn't it? Really, like just you know, be be kind, isn't it? That's what people say about social media, but it doesn't make it any less true, does it? You know, that's 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 the thing. Um, but yeah, I just sorry, I just I just wanted to put that out there, mate, because it did it did kind of it did kind of rankle yeah, me a bit this yeah. week. Well, because I spoke to I spoke to Billy a few weeks ago um, about it, and he said that oh yeah, there's this kind of joke at the moment that. Milesy and Ange don't get along. Um, nah, Ange is going to be asking for you know Milesy to be free transferred, and we had a bit of a laugh about it then. But it seems to be like in the in those kind of couple of weeks since then, it's it's become like a campaign. People atting the club and all this type of thing. I think eh, where is this energy come from, man? Like, let's just get some perspective here. Whatever, I've said my piece. Um, I just I guess I'll just end this on, mate, because this look there was a. There was a lot to be excited about out the back of this game. I did wonder though, my only my only sort of thought that did start to creep in is maybe we need a few more options. Especially Harry Kane kind of, you know, disappearing now off to Bayern Munich. We've got that we've got that bit of money back there. But it's not just so much about the money. It's not we've got money, we have to spend it. It is about us being in the as best place as we can to compete and meet our own objectives. Are there any sort of positions on the pitch you think we could do with a, a couple of more faces? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the tough one is, right, is that I, I... Did you have it? I'm sure you did, but I had a little sort of um, nagging feeling after the game that I was like, oh, no, we've got to now wait a week for the next game. That suddenly it's like, oh, we, we're going to go one game a week this season, which we're all not used to doing, having been in Europe for the past, what is it, 15 seasons or something like that. Um so it needs to be managed carefully because we've already got quite a big squad. But I do think that when we are looking at our bench or when teams are being selected, I think it would be helpful to have one or two more options. I still think there's what there's another two weeks of the transfer window, three maybe two and a half. I still think there's that we could we could potentially add one or two that would add add something to the squad and would massively help. Ange. Don't get me wrong, I actually think. In terms of the current squad, I think it's got quite a nice balance to it, and we're all still waiting to see what 
Ange does, but I would like to, as a fan, you know, we always want new signings, don't we? We always want a new shiny thing to play with, and we always want something that's going to kind of like light us up and get us talking. Just as we've been recording this, Dan Kilpatrick has dropped the news that they expect in the coming days um, for Tottenham to look to get rid of a few more of our players and make oh, a formal, really? formal offer for Gift Orban as well from, from Ghent. Um, do you think it's going to be? A, do you think it's going to be a busy like in terms of just sort of your gut? Do you feel like we're going to go into the last week and there's going to be a lot happening still? Outgoings, yeah. Um, right. Okay. I personally speaking, I'd like to see us get three more in. I'd like to see us get another defender in. I'd like to see us get another attacker in, and maybe another another midfielder, somebody else that can just be a different type of option in in that midfield because I. I kind of see quite a bit of overlap between, say, like Bentancur, Papa Matsar, um, Skip and Hoybier, but maybe Basuma, Madison, the more kind of creative, progressive players. I guess we've got Lo Celso, to be fair. So Lo Celso, Basuma. I was amazed we didn't see Lo Celso yesterday. Yeah, and I think Lo Celso is, is, is helpful. He's versatile in the fact that he could probably be a replacement for either Madison or for Basuma. Um but I would maybe like to see another kind of player come in in there that could that could do a similar job to either of those two. Yeah, I I I I I think that that Lacelso Madison double number ten thing could be when teams are sitting in a low block. I think that could be something that we really really benefit from. I think the other thing we didn't get a chance to talk about earlier on. But how nice was it having Mickey van der Ven at the back and knowing that you've got someone who is lightning quick when teams can just so ag- so aggressive in his defending as well, so which is great. Like him and Romero great. together. Oh. Yeah, pro- and oh, get well soon, Christian Romero as well. It's good. Look, I mean, he did he didn't want to be coming off the pitch, but absolutely fantastic, brilliant decision from Andrew Postecoglou yeah, as well. Yeah, love that. You know, and, uh, no messing about. Your, I think your point the other day about. Will him getting the vice captaincy give him this kind of sense of responsibility and elevate him and evolve his game? I, I I really do think it will. And I think seeing him just angry at coming off, I think he's angry at coming off because he's like, I'm, I'm so desperate to play. And that is, that's a really, really lovely way to just kind of nip in the bud the sort of chat that I think is, is, is total gubbins that he just sort of doesn't care that much or he's not not invested he clearly is and he clearly is buying into what Angie's doing because he's made him vice captain so Ben a, a little nod again to to bring your own blockbuster uh, podcast where you know we have a we have a little spoiler section at the start of of every pod where it's, it's a challenge to in 60 seconds <laughs> for, for, for the person who hasn't chosen the film to, to basically outline the entirety of the film the plot and everything that happens in that 60 seconds so what I'm going to put to you Matt I'm going to put you on the spot now and ask you to spoil what is going to happen in the Manchester United game in 60 seconds are you, um, are you ready for the challenge the mate? let's, let's get yeah, the time on this is going to be this is going to be the last act of this podcast so you better make this you better make this good mate okay um, right I've got it um, tell me when I've got 60 seconds on the clock and a three and a two and a one go Okay, so I think Spurs are going to fly out the traps. Atmosphere is going to be unbelievable. We'll have a couple of early chances and people will be like, wow, look at this Spurs side. What is going on here? I think we'll concede on the counter-attack. 
I think we'll then sort of like every there'll be a big roar from the crowd of people be like it's all absolutely fine. I think we'll come back into the game. I think we'll score and, and level things up just before half time. I think Man United will come out and score again in the second half, and I think we score seconds. twice, get a last minute winner. Um, and I'm going to go in terms of the goal scorers. I think Richarlison's going to get on the score sheet. I think Sonny will get on the score sheet because I think the game's going to be far more open. And then I reckon that we're going to see a James Madison winner late on. I back him to be the, the one who scores like the last minute goal. Do you know what would be nice? Maybe a goal from a free kick as well. Just to really cement the fact that number 10s can take free kicks. Mate, that is absolutely perfect. That is 60 <laughs> seconds. Come on, you Spurs. Quiz, quiz, quiz. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.